Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I am your host, Dr. Barry Perry, your favorite board-certified internist, CEO and founder of PR Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself for better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy, affirmation, and education. This week, we bring you another rendition of our COVID-19 update. More importantly, this week, I'm going to be talking about the BA5 variant. Now, again, typical variants, I'm kind of let kind of go under the rug. Don't really bring it to the lunch learning community to talk about. But whenever I do say, you know what, let me kind of address this issue here. It's because from a health perspective, we are becoming concerned. And I'm going to be talking about why the BA5 variant has become the most dominant strain here in this country in under three weeks and why we should be concerned. Like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts or even Spotify. We much appreciate that. And share this out to 10 friends and let them know what's going on here in the Lunch Learn community. This week, we are bringing you another update on the Omicron variant. This time, we are going to be talking about subvariant BA5. Now, I'm going to put a link in the description if you did not catch our discussion on the BA2, also under the Omicron variant. And normally, we wouldn't have to be even be reporting on a subvariant of a subvariant, uh, but this one has got our attention. And because of what we went through these past two years, we want to make sure that we are on full alert, that we don't have this kind of mental fatigue associated with COVID-19. Because I know for a lot of you, you guys are tired of hearing the discussion. Like you, one, you don't even really see the discussion happen very much unless something like this is occurring, right? So let's talk about the BA, BA5 subvariant. Let's talk about why we should be concerned about it. And more importantly, like in, with the question I always get, well, if I'm vaccinated, like what do I need to do about it? Like, cause that's a question I always get. So we're going to answer that as well too. So what I always like to do first and foremost, I like to kind of give our background kind of foundational information, just so you can kind of see how well COVID-19 is going or not going more importantly, and kind of what we're doing here. Uh, in the United States versus worldwide, right? So let's let's take a look at um, just the cases here uh, in the United States. I do like I always like to focus on the United States first when the, when we do these things because you know especially on, a lot of my audiences uh, from the United States. So as you can see, eighty nine point three total million cases here in the United States with about one point zero two million deaths and you can kind of see the states that kind of lead the charge california texas florida and new york which again isn't surprising isn't shocking but it is something that we have to be concerned about now when we talk about the covid 19 as far as deaths right because that's another issue right as you can see we've we, we hit that million mark and again we're still fortunately kind of trekking on but let's see how the rest of the world is doing with covid 19 and how that's being affected and as you can see here i just do a quick covid 19 cases on google gets you all of these numbers here so it's not something that you have to be looking for now let's look take a look at the total worldwide cases here um worldwide we have about 561 million cases and 
especially when, and I, I should have went back and had this caveat, when we're talking about the United States numbers, we know for a fact those United States numbers are very underreported, being that a lot of you are taking your COVID-19 test at home, and whether you're reporting it when it's positive or negative, again, it's neither here or there. I'm not here to judge you on this channel, uh, but obviously those numbers don't get counted, right? So, And we already know we've had plenty of states across this country fudge their numbers, not report their numbers, um, try to combine their numbers and report it at a later time. Like I live in the state of Florida, so we've done all of these tactics here really to try to show that we're doing a much better job against COVID-19 than we actually are, unfortunately. So now let's go to the worldwide cases, about 561 million total cases of COVID-19 since the pandemic started, with about 6.37 million deaths. And as you can see, the United States leads the charge in both total number of cases, as well as number of deaths um, here in this country. And if I go out while we got you here, let's look at the vaccinations as well, because I think that that's another important number to kind of look at when we see um, here. Uh, oh, let's take a look. Uh, in United States, 599 million doses of uh, vaccines have been given. 223 million people are fully vaccinated with about 67.6 million, uh, I'm sorry, 67.6 percent of uh, people who are eligible to get vaccinated in this country being vaccinated. Sorry to break your concentration. I know you are probably knee deep into today's episode, but do not forget, check out our Lunch and Learn community store, shop.drbarrypierre.com. Remember to use the code EMPOWER10 and make sure you are leaving us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. And that number may sound familiar. You know, when in the beginning of the pandemic, we talked about that 70%. If we could just get that 70% mark, um, we would be doing very good. Unfortunately, we were hoping to get that 70% mark a lot quicker than it actually did. As you can see, we're still not there yet, but we are inching towards it. And when I talk about these kind of further subvariants down the road, and I continue to talk about it, the reason why you know we're not screaming 911 or telling you to run from the hills is because we continue to get more and more people vaccinated, more and more people boosted, or unfortunately, the people who got contracted with the disease ended up dying. So we're having less severe spread of cases. So we're having a lot of different factors that are leaning in our favor that makes it so that when you have these subvariants like the BA5 that we're going to talk about, they're not as concerning or alarming in the initial run. Now, I say in the initial run, but unfortunately, especially when we're discussing the BA5 variant, we know that it has taken such a significant uptick that not only has the CDC reported it, the World Health Organization started to report it, we're, we're starting to notice like, hey, this is something we need to be concerned about to the point where now that subvariant accounts for over 50% of new cases here in this country with hospital admissions being up about 5% than last week, which is definitely a significant number when we look across the country. So let's talk about what is the BA5 variant again, just in general. We talked about the Omicron variant. That has been the uh, one of these more significant variants of COVID-19 since this pandemic started and significant in the sense, not from a deadly standpoint, which is 
what we better be thankful for. Not from a deadly standpoint, but when we compare the Omicron variant to the Delta variant, we know that yes, this thing spreads to a lot more people. So when the Omicron variant, the initial OG Omicron variant first came around, a lot more people who were able to avoid COVID ended up getting COVID because it just spread like wildfire. But what we were extremely fortunate that unlike the Delta variant, it was not as severe. So imagine that if the Delta variant was able to get 10,000 people, the Omicron variant was able to get 100,000 people. Now, fortunately for us, when the Delta variant got those 10,000 people, about 2,500 end up dying. Here in the same case where the Omicron variant, yes, they ended up getting 100,000 people, but maybe that same 2,500 people end up dying. So even if the same number of deaths were occurring, it was the fact that more and more people were able to get it and spread it. And as we'll move forward, and I think we'll definitely have to have um, discussions, and I'll definitely bring on an expert or two to have discussions on this aspect of the after effects of getting COVID. Because again, I think one of the biggest hurdles when we were doing our education and trying to focus uh, and get people to get vaccinated was, well, only one to two percent people are dying, or only two to three percent dying. It's not that severe. Not nothing I need to worry about. I'll take my chances. But what they were saying is that, oh, if I don't die, nothing else happens to me. And what you're seeing the conversations are beginning to occur is that we're actually now starting to talk about the things that's going to happen to you, even if you don't end up dying. So we know that getting COVID nineteen increases the risk of several other disorders that we'll talk about later. And because we know that, we don't want you to get it in the first place. But unfortunately, it was very difficult to kind of impress that message upon people because their only focus was on, oh, if the person doesn't die, there's nothing I need to worry about. And that's something that, no, we like that's something that has to change. So as even when we're talking about this BA sub-5 variant of the Omicron, yes, we're going to talk about a disease variant that spreads a lot more. And one of the bigger caveats now, right, because the question becomes like, yeah, well, why should I be affected, right? We'll talk about that. Like, it, it's alarming because of the, now the type of people who are being affected at a much higher rate. So symptomatology, right? Like, what does it mean if I get the Omicron sub-5 variant? Again, like I said, it's almost like a word salad of choice. But what are the symptoms that you get? The same symptoms that are pretty similar with the other variants of the Omicron, whether you get runny nose, whether you get fever, whether you get chills, muscle pain, headaches, like those, those same symptoms that you were experiencing with the original Omicron variant of COVID-19, you'll also experience with this. So it's not as if there's a symptomatology that makes it much drastically different. It's just the fact that, wow, this one spreads a lot faster um, and a lot more penetrance than the other subvariants, right? So even when I talked about BA2, I say, hey, guys, like there's this new variant kind of turning up, uh, you know, across the country. It is something we probably need to keep an eye out, but I, you know, I, I kind of gave that reassurance, um, thankfully I was right, that I don't think it's going to be as severe as others, right? I was like, yeah, I, I see it. We're going to keep an eye out, but not as severe. But the reason why we're ringing the alarm, reason why the, we're ringing the alarm here with the BA5 is now we know that previous infection, previous vaccination, even people who've been boosted, that does not seem to be such a significant hurdle anymore. And I want us to stress this. And the reason why I want us to stress this is because you are going to have people online, on social media platforms, 
trying to tell you, oh, you see, I told you you should have never got that vaccine because look, after so many variants, it doesn't matter, right? Like they are actually going to try to rationalize the fact that they are a significant reason why we have variants. Because again, the reason why you have variants is because a, a virus is able to replicate. We know that if you would have gotten vaccinated and boosters, not boosters kind of recent, but like definitely for sure, if you got vaccinated, you social distance, that the virus couldn't replicate. And if the virus couldn't continue to replicate, it couldn't to spread and then build on variants. But like, guess who was able to spread and build in variants in? And people who were unvaccinated, people who were unwilling to mask, unwilling to social distance and just spreading it uh, for the land. So those same people who are responsible for, var- for, the var- for the virus replicating, which again, ends up resulting in virus, uh, virus causing and producing variants are now gonna tell you, I told you that you shouldn't have got vaccinated because the variants that I helped produce, right, now uh, becomes an issue, right, is now not recognizing the vaccines because that is eventually what it was, right? And again, this is not a surprising phenomenon at all. Like when we think about why we get the flu vaccine, it's because you have different variants that occur on a yearly basis. And because they occur on a yearly basis, you know what, let me get this new boosted uh, flu shot to try to protect myself from what was going on last year and maybe potentially what may be going on this year. That is why. So we are not like shocked. We're not surprised. We are not like cowering in fear because this virus is producing variants. What we're cowering in fear, what we're concerned about is, and, and this is a, a theme that I've been stressing since the Delta um, hit. The worst case scenario that can happen during this pandemic is we get a variant that spreads like crazy, like the Omicron, and is also severe like the Delta. That is the worst case scenario we can have. I can assure you, if a variant like that hits us, and by us, I mean the world, um, we'll be going back to like pre-2020. Right, like where things will be shutting down, things will be locked down. If a variant like that hits us, we are going to be in trouble. But I can assure you, because you have people like me and content creators like me across the board and educators who are in the, the offices and the clinics and the hospitals across the country, educating patients, getting patients to get vaccinated, protect themselves, wear masks when needed, because that's happening and because that number keeps creeping up to that 70% mark, in the so at least in this country, we know that we are doing a good job trying to curtail it, try to kind of keep it as contained as possible, because that is, again, a scenario we don't want no parts of, right? And I want to give a visual representation, representation just so you can see how significant the COVID-19 BA5 subvariant has been just within recent weeks, because it sometimes it's much better to see the visual aspect of like, oh yeah, like this is definitely um, a, a new thing uh, that, that's arising here. So let's take a look at, and I just want you to just kind of take a look at this graph here. So you see this graph where you see in the BA2 variant, this is this, this light pink, um, you see how it was such a significant, again, this is uh, April 9th, such a significant percentage of the total number of cases uh, of active cases here in this country. At this time, it was about 73%. 
But as we move to this, just the knife, like it, let me see if I can even get a highlight to it. Uh, 1.4%, right? So it's essentially been minimized to the point where we're not thinking about it. But obviously the, the star of the show um, is the BA5 variant, right? So let's take a look, right? They just started seeing instances of the BA5, looks like early May uh, here in this country. And then as we move forward, right, it is now taking over 65% of new cases uh, by July the 9th, right? So again, just to give a graphical, again, uh, this link will be in the description uh, of the show notes, just so you guys can get just a visual picture, especially for my Lunch and Learn listeners, I'm showing a graph uh, that's kind of showing just a very stark difference of where the, how the BA5 was essentially non-existent and how quickly it became the dominant strain uh, here in this country. Right. So for, from that standpoint, so again, the big deal, we kind of mentioned those who are previously infected, those who are vaccinated, those who are boosted are seeing an uptick in reinfections from COVID-19. Fortunately, the same stuff is still true. Thank the Lord. The same stuff that has been true since the beginning for those who've been vaccinated and who happen to get infected is that the number of severe illnesses are still pretty low in that population. So yes, you are getting reinfected, but you are not developing severe illnesses at the rate of those who are not vaccinated, who are not boosted half. Thank the Lord for that. Um, in that regards, right? Uh, and and again, we talked about. I want to talk about just the, the the clinical disease processes that we have to think about, because again, reinfection. Again, the 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 onus in the beginning was always, oh, if I don't die, if I don't die, I am okay. That was always the onus, especially for those who've been against the vaccine. Now the onus is like, all right, like yeah, see, I told you the virus is coming. I told you you shouldn't got it, right? They're, they're going to flip their story. So those are the people we can't worry about. What we need to worry about is like, hey, what happens if I get these reinfections? Research is, again, and I, and I said this, that as time moved on and as we moved away from this, this, this stressing of the mortality aspect of COVID-19 and moved towards the morbidity aspect of COVID-19, now we're going to see all of these, all of the research associated with like, hey, what happens if I get COVID? Like, what does that put me at risk of? We already know research is starting to come out. You're going to be at increased risk of stroke, increased risk of heart attack, increased risk of vascular disease. Um, long COVID is going to be an issue. The majority of these insurance companies, especially from a disability-related standpoint, getting COVID-19 will be, if it's not already, a diagnosis that could be classified under disability, which it wasn't before. Before, you had to have like, either like long-standing heart failure or COPD or some other muscle neurological standpoint, a diagnosis of COVID-19 and enough documentation will definitely get you put on disability because of COVID-19. It's, it's something that we really need to be concerned about. So as we move forward, again, we're gonna, the news is gonna just continue to ramp up because again, I don't think it's done right now at the time I'm recording this, it's about 65%. I fully expect it to be probably the more dominant strain upwards of 80, 90% here in this country. And as more and more cases continue to develop, we we're going to keep a very close eye, obviously on those who are not vaccinated, not boosted and whatnot, but those who are as well too. Because if we start seeing 
immunity begin to wane, even from that standpoint, that is going to be the fire alarms going off. Now, again, and I'll stress this because I always have to stress this at least once a week to someone on my, my social media platforms. Getting COVID-19 or getting infected from COVID-19 was not the job or not the goal of the vaccine. That was never the goal, to protect you from ever touching it. It was a sequelae if it, you know, you got it. It was like, oh, they're like, oh, you got vaccinated and boosted for some reason, you don't end up getting it, right? It was just one of those things that happened to happen. But the job and the goal always was if you happen to run into a COVID-19 infection, are you going to become severely ill dealing from it? That has always been the driving goal. Again, so the vaccines are still holding. Vaccinations are still holding. Obviously, if you are not for, you know, for tips to leave you with, if you are not vaccinated, get vaccinated unless you have some medical reason why you can't. And there's, there's plenty of people who, can, who can't. If you are vaccinated but not boosted, get boosted. If you are vaccinated and boosted, uh, check uh, your local pharmacy and your physician to see if you're eligible for a second booster because we do have a certain population who is eligible for a second booster. If you are vaccinated and boosted and either already got your second booster or you're not eligible for it, you might want to definitely start thinking about those precautions again. Now, I'm not telling you everywhere. I'm not saying that now if you go uh, you know, outside your house to check your mail, you got to wear your mask, right? But like, if you're going to, let's say, let's, especially, you know, I was talking to um, a flight attendant on one of my social media platforms and she, she couldn't believe how much people were rejoicing when the mask mandate got turned. And now they look at her like she's the weird one because she's still masked up. They look at her like she's the weird one. So if you're going to be going on these flights, you're going to be going to these close, you know, cramped areas where, you know, the oxygen supply just kind of circulating around, you might want to start thinking about wearing masks again. Again, uh, especially, again, even if you're masked and you're vaccinated and, and boosted, right, you might want to start thinking about it. Again, not to say that you have to, not to say it's a 100% requirement, but definitely when we're, when we're seeing these variants um, continue to progress because again, this going this is going the wrong direction, y'all. When I talked about BA two, right, it was like, all right, this is a you know, it's you know, it could spread. It's something to be concerned about. But like, let's, let's kind of let's see if we can pump the brakes. Like, it didn't even get this severe, right? Now we're up to subvariant BA five. Eventually, they're going to choose a different letter, right? But the, because you know the Omicron still do what the Omicron does, and this is what happens when it's allowed to spread to so many people. This is just a normal sequelae. When you, have a, when you have a disease that's able to spread so rapidly to so many people, invariably subvariants of it will also quickly produce as well, which is why, we're, again, we're all the way up to BA5 of the Omicron variant. Because and even though B, I didn't even talk about BA4, BA4, is, it's there, but BA5 is definitely the big brother uh, right now, right? So definitely just, again, I want you guys to be careful Right. We are again, this despite again, I'm, and I'm right now, I'm just talking to the people here in the United States. I know that the country and, you know, the media and the businesses, everybody will love for you to believe that this is all over. We can just kick back. Right. Put our feet up. But it's not over. It is not over yet. It's not going to be over for some time. Um, and we just again, we I want you to have Thanksgiving dinner with the family. I want you to have Christmas uh, with the family, but I just want to make sure you do it safely so that everyone could gather, 
uh, prosper, uh, have fun, and then be able to go home safely without worrying that they're carrying a deadly disease that they're going to end up giving grandma or grandpa or uh, aunt, uncle uh, to go home with, right? That's that's all I want. That's all I can ask for, right? So again, I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board side of the turtles. I'm going to see you guys next week. Thank you for getting to the end of the episode. I am yours truly, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board certified internist. Like always, remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star review, and more importantly, share this to at least two of the five of your friends and family members that you know that could be empowered with the words that you heard today. Again, so appreciative of all you guys' support. See you guys next week.